You're listening to On the Couch with Carly. Carly's Couch is a safe space to talk. I'm a psychologist, but I'm not your pipe-smoking, tweed-wearing stereotype. Hello, and welcome to another episode of On the Couch with Carly. I wanted to start this episode with a moment of reflection, a moment of pause, actually. I am coming from another session and I feel this feeling that I often feel where I move between tasks or between activities during the day where I've got this sort of like rushing around feeling. I don't know if anyone can relate to that. And so I'm going to just take a moment to gather myself and I thought I would do it with you and so that you can also take a moment, no matter when you listen to this episode, to just pause, to just take a deep breath, to look around, just notice where you are and just notice your breathing, notice the rise and fall, notice the inhale and the exhale. Yeah, what can your eyes see around you? What can your ears hear? What is your skin in contact with? Is there a taste in your mouth? Smell in your nose? We are here now. (laughs) So now that I've arrived and you have tolerated that for a little bit to get to the topic of today. I wanted to talk about sex. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. So I literally cannot talk about sex without singing that song. Hello, 90s. Um, The reason I want to talk about sex this week is because I have been watching the Netflix series Sex Life which is equal parts terrible, terrible, cheesy, heteronormative cuck, (laughs) drivel, and somehow captivating, interesting, and articulating something that I think maybe hasn't been articulated before, which is always useful. Now, disclaimer, I haven't finished the series, and this is not about the series, but it's about something that I observed in the series that I thought would be really interesting to discuss. It is a little bit of a follow-on session from the taboo session uh, episode, sorry, that I did last season. So if you aren't familiar, the last episode of season one, I talk about taboo, taboo subjects and what it's about. Why do we, why do, why do we actually um, fear taboo or forbidden topics, but also really enjoy that moment where we get to examine those taboo subjects. I think sex is a taboo subject, although it is becoming less and less so, thank goodness. Um, But what I wanted to speak to directly is this idea of sex and its relationship to life or vitality, which is something that I mentioned in that episode. So I don't know if this is a spoiler or not, but the main character from Sex Life, um, who is a mom of two, um, she has a really small baby and a toddler, and you sort of see these images of her life um, as a mom, as a as a 
housewife, essentially, in the suburbs with this husband that goes off to work in the financial industry and comes back with his briefcase and hugs the kids. And, you know, it's so typical, right? It's a, it's that heteronormative sort of, I don't know, mold, I guess. Um, but what she's fantasizing about all the time and where her imagination is and, and, and her dreams and where she finds herself when she's, um, you know, just drifting off into her own thoughts is that she can't stop thinking about this ex-lover of hers, this boyfriend who she had this passionate love affair. And so a lot of the images and memories that she has that you obviously see on screen are about sex. And I thought about that and I was thinking, what, what is it? You know, like, what is it about sex? And so I wanted to speak to the idea that sex is often and can be the means to which you discover or through which you discover yourself. And that mothering and being so wrapped up in a role such as the motherhood role can and does estrange one from oneself. It it when we're when we're playing a role, we're not being ourselves. And um Glennon Doyle puts this so beautifully. And if you aren't listening to her podcast, shout out to We Can Do Hard Things. It is definitely one of the most beautiful podcasts available at the moment. Um, she recently did an episode on self-care, which I thought was really, really helpful. And in that she spoke about how, how self-care is doing something for your soul, not your role. And I thought that was a really great little, little jingle. <laughs> because when we're doing something for our, for our soul we know, right? We know when our soul is speaking to us. We know when she's, she refers to it as the, the feeling of there she is, you know, there she is. I can feel her. I'm alive. I'm alive to myself. I'm alive to my own imagination, my own dreams, my own ambition, my own excitement. Um, ambition is maybe not the right word. My own, um, ex yeah, just what, what I'm intending for, for myself. And, and it can also be completely frivolous. It doesn't have to be any kind of ambition. It can be an absolute moment of doing nothing or lounging around or whatever, but it makes you feel alive in yourself. And I, and, and I really like that idea. And, and I, I connected with sex because, as you'll know from the taboo issue, the taboo um, episode, I believe that there is a connection between sex and feeling alive in oneself and and embodied and vital, having vitality. And so I really wanted to speak to this idea of having, a, a, well, really asking yourself, why does this character fantasize about sex all the time and why do, why is it about sex this show and I think 
it would be redu- it would be reductive to think that it's just about sex for sex sake right that it's just it's just simply about getting her rocks off you know it's just simply about orgasms or it's just simply about um you know a good lay versus a bad lay and i think that that would be missing the point because although the show is as i said terrible <laughs> in some ways and uh, you know is is in no way nuanced and yeah yeah i won't say in no way nuanced it's not really offering a very nuanced perspective but so one could deduce that it's just about sex but in my experience and what i've seen with clients and um you know how i believe these things work is that fantasy is never just about the the sort of objects of that fantasy right if and if you think about the classic example of the the midlife crisis where a 50-year-old man buys a ferrari and dates a younger woman we know like pop psychology can tell you that this is not just about wanting nice cars or you know being bored with your wife it's about this feeling inside of yourself that you have gone dead inside that you can't remember what life is about that the things that you thought you were seeking you've now sought you've got them and you look around and you go hey hang on what is going on i i thought and now i'm swapping over to the other analogy i thought i wanted a home and a family and a husband and a, a man who was good to me and treated me well and got you know had a good job and provided me with this beautiful big house and I thought that's what I wanted and here I am in my kitchen fantasizing about my ex-boyfriend who treated me like shit and made me cry all the time but who really knew how to you know take me to pound town. <laughs> I don't think I've ever said that term that phrase that's quite funny. Um but it's not about that, right? It's not about the 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 sports car or the younger girlfriend or the fantasy of the of the old flame. it's about you it's about you as an individual finding that your outer life and your inner life have become i guess drowned out or dampened or dimmed you know that the light inside of you has been dimmed somehow and actually those fantasies or that desire that comes up is beautiful and useful and meaningful i had a session with a client this week where we spoke about desire and we spoke about how sometimes we um we we shut ourselves off from our desire because our desire leads us to um activities or ideas or actions that are maybe not that great so for example being a married woman desiring an affair with the, with your old boyfriend is not it's not a good it's not a good behavior you know we we know that it's going to hurt people we know that it's going to be that it's going to be something that's almost destructive to our lives and yet we find ourselves fantasizing about it so and i'm referring to this character in the show but here's the thing we can we can talk to ourselves about what's wrong about cheating on our husbands or buying a sports car or you know whatever it may be 
But we will be missing the point if we don't also speak to the desire and what that desire is teaching us and where it's pointing us and how it's showing us something about who we are and who we long to be and how we long to be in touch with a part of us that may have died. And I think that there are ways to explore life, ourselves, our inner selves, without doing things that hurt other people. But sometimes you have to hurt other people. I don't know if you've read Untamed by Glennon Doyle. It is really interesting the way she speaks about how she had to end her marriage. And, you know, she came out as gay. She married a woman. It broke up her family. It it did break her children's hearts at first, but she had to do that to live a life that was in line with her with herself, with her true self. Um, and now they're all sort of happy together. I mean, they've got an amazing blended family and they're a brilliant model for how to do it. So I'm not, I'm not here from a moralistic standpoint saying don't do X and don't do Y. Like even in the show, right? There's no, there's, there's no point in coming from a moralistic standpoint and saying we need to, we need to know how to, you know, Make the right, take the right actions and be, be good citizens. This is not what this is about. Um, because I think everybody really knows what the sort of moral, the moral choice would be in any situation. Um, and that's not interesting, right? That doesn't tell us about who we are and what we feel. So, for example, if you come into therapy with me as, you know, I, I, I as your therapist, I'm not going to judge you based on what I think is good or moral or right or wrong. I will definitely reflect on something and, and, and you know, if you, if you tell me I think that's, that's going to hurt someone, I won't disagree with you to try and appease you. Um, do you know what I mean? Like I will allow for that place of recognition of my of your behavior to be there, right? If if you're acknowledging that it's bad and it's wrong and you're going to hurt someone, we can talk about that. Um, but I'm not going to be the one that says, "Oh no, you wouldn't, you shouldn't do that. That's going to hurt someone." Uh, not always, anyway. But the point is, is that getting in touch with yourself and realizing something inside of myself is not alive in the way that it once was or in the way that I need it to be and I am fantasizing about ways of accessing that vitality again and I know that if I do x y and z I'm going to access that again then I think what needs to be heard and needs to be responded to and needs to be given time and space to be thought about and to reflect on is that there is loss there is there is something that you are grieving there is a process of your own self that you have lost and that you are trying desperately to come into contact with and it may be through sex like um, with this character from sex life you know that that's that just happens to be the the path through which she can rediscover herself and reaffirm a part of herself that has been lost that has been um, s suppressed um, 
you know, I think that's really, really useful. And I also know that people who come into contact with what they're what they're missing, what they're what they're what they've lost, like the middle-aged man who you know buys a Ferrari, you know, instead of buying a Ferrari, you might actually inspect and reflect on who you are and what your dreams were when you were younger and where you see yourself right now and how it's different to what you imagined and and that there's loss there there's grief there's a process of coming to terms with something that is that is broken maybe even that has that has died in you and then reclaiming that right reclaiming the the dreamer reclaiming the the, the hopeful child part that says there's something more to get i can i can you know i can still seek things in life i can still i can still try to to get the the outside world to match my inner desires right and i i think that that is the journey of life that we are constantly getting closer to and losing uh touch with this these these things we desire the 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 source of our of our life the so, the source of energy and life and vitality that we're after and so in a way this is also a little bit of a a little bit of a challenge to you that to give you something to think about and to to just yeah spend some time reflecting on this today and maybe this next week or two weeks what do you desire when when it's quiet and your mind sort of floats away with you and you land on a picture or an image or a thought or a feeling what is it of you know what do you still dream of no matter how old you are what do you still long for what do you still hope to one day experience or when you think back on what you have experienced when were you most alive when were you most yourself when did you feel your soul sing the loudest you know when did it feel like your soul was saying yes this um and when was the last time you experienced that and if you haven't experienced that in a while how are you going to get back to that how are you going to get forward to that what do you need to do to take steps to to think about getting closer to honoring acknowledging and allowing that part of yourself to to take the reins once in a while to be the driver to have a seat at the table at least you know to even get a word in edgewise what are you going to do and another question who will it be with who are the people in your life that give you that feeling or support you in that feeling who are the people that will totally accept and understand you when you are living your truth in your vital essence 
Because those people, they're the keepers. They are the keepers. And the ones that don't understand you and turn away from you when you are your most you. Ah, no, 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 no. No, we don't need that kind of, we don't need that kind of energy around us. So it's a, it's a short episode today. It's not a, it's not a big topic. These are just some pointers that I've been reflecting on and I thought I would share. I'd love to hear what you think. I'd love to hear if any of this made sense. Um, I would also love to hear if you have ideas for how to go about connecting with these parts of yourself. Um, my ideas, creative, creative projects, anything that is creative, anything that you can do that produces something that wasn't there before you did it, that's creative. So write something, draw something, say something, um, paint something, collect bits and pieces and put it together, collage, Pinterest board, you know, anything like that. Um, it's all useful and it will all point you in a direction that will get you closer to understanding yourself and your essence, your, your life force. Enjoy and I'd love to hear how it goes. Thanks for listening. Bye. This podcast is recorded at Edible Audio in Cape Town, South Africa. Edited by Edible Audio. Original music by Alex Smiley. Thank you.